1: Woke up this morning insane, I'll be just fine, be just fine. Falling in love is all good. Better days coming this way. Butterflies all on my face. Love is a season, I'm feeling this way. Good morning and welcome to George's Jungle of Sports, and I am your host, George Jarjour, and this is episode 158 of Sant Live. Welcome to the jungle. I uh, hope you guys are all having a fantastic morning. Hope you had a fantastic weekend to my Periscope audience here, my Facebook audience here. Hope you guys are enjoying your week. We're one day away from the start of NFL season. I know a lot of you guys are ready for uh, your fantasy football drafts. I know a lot of people are doing it tonight. I know a lot of people did it yesterday, and we are just ready to rock and roll. We missed a great weekend of college football on Monday and Tuesday talking about it, but we did watch the games and we are back and ready to roll. I have a lot of thoughts. I hope you guys followed my bets. Our first week of our top five bets for college football. I went three wins, two losses, made you guys all money. And I know you guys are always excited about making money. I give out free money bags, I say, on the show. And that's exactly what I did. We covered uh, the Texas A&M plus four. They lost by one, but we still covered we won our Alabama bet and we, but minus seven they covered easily and we also won our bet against uh, the spread on LSU minus 15 I said they're gonna win by at least three touchdowns they won 27 nothing and we won that one we did lose the Florida game and we did lose the NC State game but remember what we said earlier guys you want to go three and two every week you make a lot of money doing that. Um, just want to stay above 500, stay above that 56% on the spread, and you will do some fantastic, fantastic things. You make a good amount of money, and you enjoy betting these games. Rabia says, nice, Tan. miss having the show, and welcome back. Thank you. We miss you a lot, my man. And uh, yeah, I got a little bit of color. I uh, got a little bit of a longer beard this week, and we really enjoyed our time out there. My voice uh, is coming back slowly, but we'll be back before the NFL season. We got a jam packed show today. Kind of want to give you some thoughts on college football and what we saw this weekend. Our top, giving you my top five NFL storylines going into the season, plus my top 10 NFL teams heading into week one. And then our weird news of the day the impact of Hurricane Irma on. The football games this weekend and then we'll give a quick recap on the show so hope you guys all enjoy this and we are ready to roll so a couple thoughts um i did get did get to catch the fourth quarter of the eight a&m and ucla game and i know a lot of people are calling for someone's job i don't understand i don't know the regent uh, who you know is a lawyer for Texas A&M in the midst of the biggest natural disaster in the United States history right in their backyard in Texas has the audacity and the time to go and spend time to write a long gated response to the game about firing Kevin Sumlin and swallowing the buyout of $10 million. To fire Kevin Sumlin, it's going to cost Texas A&M $10 million. It's going to make Texas A&M look, first of all, bad. It's going to make the issues that's going on in Houston and in Texas in general, it's just a bad response and a bad look. It was not the time for it, nor the place to be calling for the job at that point. But here's my question. This region at Texas A&M University. What does he really think he knows about football for him to call Kevin Sumlin for his job? When they were up 35 points, was he calling for Kevin Sumlin's job? When he had a game plan that made Josh Rosen look stupid for three quarters, were they calling for his job? No, they just had something that has never been seen before. A 35 point deficit erased. Josh Rosen was making throws that should never have been made, and they were all connecting. It was just a historical performance by Josh Rosen. So rather than face the fact, it could have been anyone. There's 14 freshmen playing for Texas A&M, 14 of them. So instead of you know them actually taking a step back, seeing what the situation was really like, they call for someone's job, which I completely, now, whether or not we think someone should be fired or not, what are you gonna? Who are you gonna go get that's better than someone? He has two years left. He recruits like hell, and the team was up 35 points on the road, stifling arguably the best quarterback in the, in the nation, making him confused, making him look frustrated and then it took a historical performance by Josh Rosen to bring them back. That's number one. Number two, it's funny how we judge these college football coaches. This is kind of my theme for the weekend. Everyone was calling for Butch Davis's job from Tennessee at halftime. Now, whether or not you think he should have been, should be fired or not, even though they won, that, that's a whole different story. They gave up about 500 yards rushing. Alabama's going to really look forward to playing them later in the season. But you can't give me this bullshit that every time, oh, it's time to fire this guy. It's time to fire this guy. It's time to fire this guy. Sometimes you got to take a step back and look at the grand scheme of things. Everyone's calling for Butch Davis' job. No one was calling for some, someone's job at halftime. And then their roles reversed, both SEC schools. Look look, look at Butch Davis at halftime. Everyone, oh, my God, Butch Davis can't coach. Get him out of here. This is it. After the game, crickets. Oh, they won. Look at Texas A&M at halftime. Up double digits. Oh, my God, someone's doing a great job. Look at someone. Look at someone. Look at someone. Look at someone. And then all of a sudden, they're calling for his job after the game. We're living in an era of instant gratification. We're living in an era where people don't take a step back and evaluate the whole entire process. We're living in an era where I don't believe we really give these coaches a fair shot. A bunch of freshmen on the road blew a game of historical magnitude, and you probably never see another game like that again. However, however, You got to look at it in context. Number one, to get this team ready to go play UCLA after all that that state of Texas has been going through is remarkable. With a bunch of freshmen, who many of them are probably from the Houston area, who probably have family members in trouble, to get them on the road in the position where they were up 30-plus points and now you want the guy fired. How about if that interception that went through his cornerback or safety's hands Didn't go through his hands, and the guy actually caught the ball. Did Kevin Sumlin make him drop the ball? I'm sick and tired of just ready to fire every coach for every single loss. Now, the SEC in general looked bad. The SEC in general looks like it doesn't have the best coaches in the country. But is the solution to fire Kevin Sumlin now? No the solution is to keep the plan. Two top 10 recruiting classes in the last four years, up 30-plus points on the road, probably going to end up winning nine or 10 games, and you won't be calling for his job at the end of the season. I think I think a little bit of what's happening with Texas A&M is their trick. They had that one good year of ja- Johnny Manziel where they believed that they were a better team than they actually were, And that one season that they got tricked with Johnny Manziel has resulted in their regents and their supporters to think that they are better than they actually are. And what they really are is a mediocre team in a tough conference that can compete for SEC titles once every generation, once they have the right guy. Not right now. It's not the time right now. Those are my thoughts on that. Um, Other thoughts, I think LSU looked physical. I think LSU looked dominant. I'm really looking forward to them competing in the SEC. That was my big surprise. And Florida, Florida just looked awful. Florida looked outmatched, outmuscled by Michigan. And speaking of Michigan, look at that job Jim Harbaugh has done. Look at the physicality of that team. They punch you in the mouth. That team is physical. That team is mean. And that team is the embodiment of their coach. When we look look at Michigan football now, we look at Jim Harbaugh. Michigan football is physical. Michigan football is nasty. Michigan football is mean. And they are an embodiment of their coach. What a job by Jim Harbaugh. I think they're now ranked number eight in the country after week one. And this is a team that I thought was too young to compete with the youngest roster in the country. But I think they're ready right now. A job Jim Harbaugh has done has just been absolutely amazing. It's been absolutely fun to watch. And it's very similar to the job he did at San Diego State. He goes there, they're not good, they get physical. He goes to Stanford, they're not good, they get physical. He goes to San Francisco, they were a dumpster fire, then they got physical. And now, at Michigan, he's physical. Great job by Jim Harbaugh. Those are my big takes on the weekend. One, my big five takes on the weekend. Number one, as I said, we're too quick to wanna fire coaches someone should brush it off first of all the the region who's writing letters knows nothing about football and number two is not the time how insensitive was that timing on that letter after what's going on with the hurricane insensitivity number two jim harbaugh in michigan physical dominant overmatching overwhelming punch you in the face they are a perfect embodiment of their coach and their coaching staff he's building a culture there just like any successful company builds a culture and has an identity jim Harbaugh is bringing his culture and his identity to michigan football this is year three and they're about to pop I, i mean let's take a look at their schedule real quick i believe that michigan right now is going to go on a huge run Michigan is set up for future success, and I know that he has been not he hasn't been as far as uh, you know won a Big Ten title. But I think he's ready to go. Look what look at the schedule they got coming up now: versus Cincinnati, versus Air Force, at Purdue, versus Michigan, at Indiana. Michigan should be ready to start the season. One, two, three, four, five, six and zero. If, now it's going to be hard. The end of season hard, and with at Wisconsin and versus Ohio State in the middle of the season at Penn State, murder row of a schedule. However, this this coaching staff don't put anything behind them. Will Parker says, Texas A&M has not been nearly the program it should be since Manziel left, period. Will, what were they before Manziel? Manziel gave them a false sense of hope, in my opinion. Before Manziel, they were okay in the Big 12, which is not nearly as good as the SEC. And after Manziel, they are what they are, a very average team. Sammy Jarjour says, your voice is a little raspy. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm cool, man. Sammy Jarjour says, I agree. Well, Parker Manziel made them look like a better program. He made them look like a better program, and they actually are, guys. That's what I really think. Manziel can't get – what Manziel did was make the program look better. He was a -a once-in-a-generation talent for Texas A&M. Devin Mark says he hears it. Sammy George says five, six, seven, eight M's in my bank account. Yeah, I, I gave out free money, free picks, three and two on the weekend, guys. Cash them out. And I can't wait for this weekend. I was looking through the spreads and we got some free and easy money. I I, I think we're going to go five and o, giving out, giving out free money. Devin Marks says, I can't believe they blew a 44-10 lead. That's insane. It is insane. But a couple plays go their way that was not the coaching staff's fault, and they win that game. Rosen was just on fire, and that game will be something that has been ta- will be talked about years from now. And I really believe that. I really, really believe that. Sammy Jarjour says, free money, young money. And for all of you guys who like free stuff, Share this post right now, share it, because at every day, we're going to be giving out a free t-shirt of your favorite, either NFL team or college football team. All you have to do is press share. Once you press share, every morning on our uh, 8 a.m. show, that being said, we will pull out a name and give out a free shirt to that person. So all you have to do is click share. I can see who shared the video. So we'll put you all in a raffle, and every day we'll give out a free shirt. So just click share. Free shirt time, guys. Nothing better than free shirt. Who says there's no such thing as a free lunch? We're giving out free money with my picks and a free T-shirt every single day. So share, 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 share. We really appreciate it. And there's no gimmicks here. Free sh- we'll even give out with shipping and handling everything straight to your door from Life. All right, on to the NFL. So tomorrow is the start of the NFL season. Could not be more about it. On Periscope, is you about that money? Stop lying. I'm about that money. I'm telling you right now. Every week, I give you free picks. Go to Facebook.com slash Live. You can share it there. And I give out, we're giving out free shirts, and I'm all about that free money. Money bags every day. It's pretty simple. Just follow my picks. All right. <clears throat> on to the NFL. All right, guys. We got a lot, a jam-packed show on the NFL. Every Wednesday, I'm going to be giving you guys my top 10 NFL team power rankings. These are my power rankings. Who I think you know going into the season starting today are the top ten teams. And then I am going to give you my top five NFL storylines today, heading into the season. And shocker, one of them is not Colin Kaepernick. I think we're starting to get Colin Kaepernick uh, fatigue, guys. I don't think people care as much as they did. Colin Kaepernick is a borderline starting quarterback and a above average backup quarterback who is jobless right now. Because I think he doesn't want a job and he's jeopardized his job prospects multiple, multiple times. All right. <clears throat> Our top five NFL storylines. All right. So n- number one, tom is this Tom Brady's last year? I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. But we've never seen a Patriots team do anything like this before. What do I mean by that? They trade; they're trading assets, they're trading draft picks, and they're going all in. I've never. This is the first time the Patriots have gone all in and look like they're not building for the future. They're only building for the present, which I think is good news for the Patriot fans because I think that means they are going Super Bowl or bust, just like they won last year. Now. They just traded Jacoby Brissett and got a wide receiver who was considered a bust in Indianapolis. They traded for Brandon Cooks. They traded for um, they traded for. I forget his name right now, but um, we'll get back to him. But they've also got Rex Burkhead. They signed Buffalo Bills running back. They're all in, and I've never seen this before. I don't know if this is something that means that Brady and uh, Belichick are going to ride off on this. Seth said after this year, Brady keeps saying, I want to play multiple seasons, but I can't see him playing multiple seasons. I think this is it for Tom Brady. You know, I know they traded for Philip Dorstad, but they also traded for one more guy. Uh, well, I'm talking about. Um, oh, there we go. From the Seahawks, Marsh. They traded for Marsh. Uh, for special teams, and they gave up a draft pick. That's not very Patriot-like. I think that means they're going for it right now. They are looking to win now and mortgaging anything in the future. I think Brady said now multiple times that he is going to – Yeah, I I know for Dorsett – Dorsett was a bust, too, in Indy. How how – I mean, they gave up a backup quarterback. I know Brissett was – uh, Jacoby Brissett was a third-string quarterback, but really, in reality, he's good enough to be a backup. They gave him up for a wide receiver who was considered a bust in Dorsett. That's very, very interesting that the Patriots were would do that. So I think they are looking for now. Brady keeps saying he wants to ret- play five more years, but I'd be shocked if he does. I think they win the Super Bowl and Tom Brady retires this season. Ruben Esperanza says, shout out to Ferocious Film YouTube channel, Texan 2017 draft picks video, and Texan preseason videos. Shout out to you guys and share our videos as well. Well, Parker, Phil Terced. Uh I don't like people saying he's a bust. Luck has always hurt, so he had no chance. Boom. Shots fired at Luck. That was a dumb comment, Sam, but still love you. You know that, yeah, because he's a, he was a bust because he was a bust. I mean, T. Y. Hilton led the, led the league in uh, receiving yards last year, and and Andrew Luck was his quarterback. I don't like the shots fired at all, but still love you. All right, that's my number one storyline. My number two storyline: Cowboy sophomore slumps. Now, one of the sophomore slumps is Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. So I don't want to call that a sophomore slump. That's a whole entire different situation. Um, but we also have Dak Prescott. And Sammy says, your love of luck is stupid. Well, I don't know. If you ask maybe 32 NFL GMs who they take with the number one pick, I bet you find a lot of people who put luck in their top three. So, uh I appreciate luck, and I appreciate good players. So Dak Prescott and the Cowboys coming off a really, really great season. What are they going to do this year? We know a lot of people get sophomore slumps. We know Ezekiel Elliott's in trouble. Is this season going to be a problem for the Cowboys? Uh, Their offensive line lost two out of their five starters. Their offensive line is a year older. Prescott has a year. We have a year of tape on Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott might get suspended. Mike get suspended for six games. might get suspended for two games. Mike get suspended for. But there's a cloud hanging over that story. The Cowboys are an interesting situation. They've taken a lot of risks on good players with checkered pasts, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Cowboys suffer. From a sophomore slump type of season where a bunch of their guys have bad seasons due to multiple factors, not just because they're sophomores my third storyline is is luck going to play there's something going on in indianapolis and i'm not sure what it is andrew luck they've been so ambiguous with him, and so ambiguous about his surgery and so ambiguous about what's going on that we're not really sure if Andrew Luck is going to play at all this season. Now, they say he's only out for week one. But do we really know that for a fact? The Indianapolis organization if the Indianapolis organization has been absolutely, I want to say, I don't want to call him lying, but deceptive about what's going on with Andrew Luck. He waited so long to get surgery this offseason, and it was the same type of surgery that Drew Brees got. So, is this something that's going to be really affected? I mean, is he going to be effective, or is he going to have to sit out this season? We're going to find out. And if he has to sit out multiple weeks at the beginning of the season, is he going to be back in time for later on? Ruben Esperanza says, If Zeke's suspension is upheld, do you believe Dak will be affected? A little bit. Now, Look, you're going to have to put more men in the box with Elliott than with uh, McFadden or Alfred Morris. But that offensive line is so good that a lot of running backs, I believe, can go behind that offensive line and have good seasons, So, which will help Dak Prescott open up passing lanes, have more guys in the box. But I definitely think it will affect him in a way that you can put, you'll have to put seven, eight in the box, six, seven, and sometimes eight in the box, with Ezekiel Elliott on the field. And by the way, guys, if you're watching, uh, press share on the video. So what we're doing here is we're giving out a free shirt each and every day to people who share our videos. What you do is you share, and then every morning we're gonna have a raffle basically to give out a free T-shirt, and we'll send it to you free of charge, no shipping and handling, 110% completely free. All you have to do is click share. We can see who shared the video and every morning at 8 a.m. on our 8 a.m. show, we'll announce the winner and send the winner a message on Facebook saying that they won the free shirt. So click share. We really appreciate it. Our fourth storyline of the season is the Falcons' Super Bowl hangover? Question mark. Thank you, Ruben, for sharing it. Appreciate it, my man. Do you, The Falcons' Super Bowl hangover... Is it real? I mean, Matt Ryan won the MVP last year. They were up twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl. Are they going to be able to recover? We saw what happened to Carolina last season. Their season imploded. Is it? Are we going to see a similar fate with Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan, who was the MVP last year? I believe we do. I think the Falcons are going to have one of those seasons where we where it just happens after losing a Super Bowl, especially in that devastating fashion. I mean, that was the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, and it was something to behold. I think the Falcons don't recover, and I think they have one of those seasons of hell. Just a hell of a season. And last but not least, Raiders-Oakland lame ducks is what I wrote. And what do I mean by that? Are the Oakland Raiders going to be affected by their move to Vegas? Are people going to be talking about that, and is that going to be overshadowing how good this team is? This personnel on the team is fantastic. They have a good coaching staff. They have the right quarterback. The only thing they have not going for them is that they're moving to Vegas in two years. Are these two years that the Raiders are still in Oakland going to be tumultuous? Are we going to have everyone talking about it? Are fans going to support them? Um Ruben, thank you. Marshawn Lynch is there now, which I don't think is going to be effective at all. I think Marshawn's going to look like the Marshawn that we saw his final season in Seattle where he was injury plagued. Uh the guy hasn't really been the type of guy to take care of his body for long-term success. So I actually see Marshawn having a subpar season. These are all very interesting storylines for the Oakland Raiders. We'll find out if the Oakland Raiders are going to be ready to compete are ready to overlook these factors and stay the type of team that I believe they should be because they are so damn talented. This is one of the most talented teams in football. And if they're going to be, are we going to have to overlook, are they going to be overlooking to the Vegas move? It's going to be interesting to see. Is their fan base going to come in support? That's going to be interesting to see. And is David Carr going to return healthy? That's interesting to see. So I got we have our top 10 NFL storylines, but I think we're going to go to the weird story of the day first and come back from that into our top 10 NFL teams. So for those of you watching for the first time each and every day, uh, each and every day we give out our weird story of a day, which basically is just a funny story from the Internet, which is like, wow, that really happened. So we've had a lot of fun ones. Uh, today's is a little scary and a little bit of what the fuck. So Pete Chase says, thoughts on FS1's first things first with Chris Carter and Nick Wright. You know, I have not watched it yet. Um, I think both of them are talented. I think Nick Wright is immensely talented. I think Chris Carter has done very good at building his own brand. Um, I do not really agree with a lot of the things Nick Wright says. I think he exaggerates way too much about a few things, but he's a hard worker in the game and I really, really appreciate him the way he's doing it. I'm sure the show is going to be a success and I know their FS1 is doing a new show as well with, uh, Doug Gottlieb and Chris Broussard, which will, should be pretty good. All right. On to our weird story of a day. This is from South Korea. Wife hacks off her husband's penis, flushes it down the toilet because he spent too much time playing golf. A wife allegedly cut off her husband's penis because he spent too much time playing golf. The son reports 50-year-old woman attacked her husband with a kitchen knife as he slept before flushing his manhood down the toilet. Scary. In South Korea. Stunned neighbors told cops the couple appeared to have a good relationship but the wife, named only as Mrs. Kim, reportedly confessed to officers that her husband had ignored her. He also had been violent against her in South Korea, she claimed. Mrs. Kim said he never gave her money to live on and spent a lot of time out playing golf. A neighbor found the husband writhing in pain on the floor after hearing him groaning in his flat. He said to be stable in the hospital. Police said they would... Probe more about the motive for the alleged attack before issuing an arrest warrant, reports Jiju Weekly. Local sources said cops suspected the husband could have been attacked for cheating on Mrs. Kim, but they had no evidence to back it up. Last month, it was reported that the 11-year-old... Last month, it was reported that... In ele- oh, this is another weird story that happened in Korea. Last month, it was reported that an 11 year old boy had 26 magnetic balls removed from his penis after he inserted them out of curiosity. The child from Wingjing Province had two hour long surgery after the magnet st- stuck in his bladder. So, a lot of weird things have happened in South Korea. Um, Ruben Esperanza says, Whoa, whoa is right. P. Chase says, His scoff. Is golf a euphemism for cheating, as in Tiger's style of golf? Hmm. I mean, there are suspicions that the man may have cheated. And if he did, it's still not grounds to cut his penis off, in my opinion. You just don't cut a man. You can't cut a man's penis. Uh, You guys, I mean, a lot of you right now watching are men. And um, as men, we all have penises. And if if we all know that cutting it off would be the most, I want to say, the worst thing that could possibly ever happen to us. Now, I'm not suggesting that men should ignore their wives. I'm not saying that they shouldn't spend more time with them. But cutting off the penis is not the way to go. And flushing it down the toilet... For God's sake. This is a very uh, angry woman. And a woman who, if she does divorce some Pete Chase, will never be able to find another man. Because what? They're going to ask her, why did you and your husband get divorced? Oh, I cut his penis off because he golfed too much. Mm -hmm. And what is too much? Maybe he golfed twice. She flushed it down the toilet. Think about it for a second. This is one of the most disturbing things a woman could actually do. This is one of the most disturbing stories I've ever heard. And if you are married and watching this show, just be careful for how much you golf. Moving back on to the NFL. Pete Chase says, exactly that's dead if you marry her, even if you're (laughs) romantically involved in any way. Yeah, no, this lady's not going to find another guy. I mean, you can't, like, I think once you start cutting off penises of your husband, like, that's it. Like, you're out of the game for a while or forever. It's not like you can go back from that and say, oh, it was a mistake. It's a mistake that's, God. Yeah, once you do that, you're done. Over. Over. Say goodbye to your love life. South Korean woman. They might be scary, it looks like. Never knew that. But, you know, cheat on them. Do whatever you want to them. But do not go golfing too much. (laughs) Pete Chase says, lifetime ban on love for her. Yeah. She gets more than the six games that Ezekiel Elliott got. God, that's scary. All right, let's go to our top 10 NFL teams. So, like I said, every Wednesday, I'm going to kind of let Monday Night Football play out. Let Tuesday play out. We'll talk about Monday Night Football. And then on Wednesdays, right in the middle of a week, I'm just going to bring out my top 10 NFL teams. So now, I know a lot of you guys who watch my shows know I love Andrew Luck and the Colts. And I picked them to go to the playoffs. But now we know he's out. We know the injury thing they're removed from my playoffs i have a new team from the division that i believe is going to be the division champion and i think a lot of us are sleeping on them so here are my top 10 nfl teams this is according to me where i believe it's going to be after week one but this is all interchangeable where they end up at the end of the season is for us to know or to find out but let's get into the top 10. Number 10, the Carolina Panthers. I love the Panthers this year. I think the Panthers are going to be a really, really high end team. I think Cam Newton is going to come back and make a huge step up, as Donald Trump would say, huge step up. Uh, Ruben, um, you're going to be in for a nice surprise. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers are going to be fantastic. I think the Panthers are going to get a wild card spot. I do not think the Panthers win the division. I think Luke Kuechly, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be really good. And I believe that we're going to just be really, really pleased by the Panthers. I think Riverboat Ron will be back. The defense is going to be moving well. Cam in healthy, healthy receivers. And I love Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey really adds an element that they were missing last year, a playmaker out of the backfield. So get ready for a Panthers resurgence. I do not think they win the NFC South, but I do believe they get the top wild card spot. Number nine, the Dallas Cowboys. Look, I'm down on the Cowboys too, but until they prove me right, I I have to put them up here. They still have a good offensive line. They still have des Bryant. They still have Dak. Ezekiel Elliott, is, as of today, is still playing. I think their defense should be okay. I think the Cowboys are the number nine best team. Now, I don't have them winning the division, but with this, I have them actually getting to the playoffs as a wild card. Now, I don't think, I don't think this is going to hold up, but I'm not going to punish them yet because I still think their offensive line is good. I still think they got receivers out there, and I still think that as long as they can run the ball, I think they can keep winning games. The offensive line is too good, and uh, and Dak Prescott seems too poised for them to go, fall too far. Number 18, the Houston Texans. Now, I think we've overlooked the Houston Texans quite a bit this year for multiple reasons. I think we they're not the sexy pick. They have Tom Savage at quarterback. But look at the division. Outside of Marcus Mariota, if Andrew Luck's not healthy, and I don't think he is, there is no one in this division at quarterback. I I really think that without Marcus Mariota at quarterback, I mean, without Andrew Luck in the division, I think Tom Savage might be good enough to just be, rep, to be a game manager, kind of like Dak Prescott was last year. I know a lot of people don't want to admit that Dak was a game manager, so... Without without that happening, I think this Texans team is going to be really good. And with that front seven, if J.J. Watt's healthy and if um, Javady Clowney, hardest first name to say in football, is as good as he was last year, this team is going to be fantastic. The defense is one of the best in all of football. I like the coaching staff. And I think Tom Savage is going to be serviceable. And then in the middle of the season, we will think that we'll we'll, we'll have in Deshaun Watson. And I think they make a playoff run. I really like the Houston Texans. I like the receivers. And they should be a really high-end team this year. Number seven. And these are my NFC East champions. The Philadelphia Eagles. And before we get into the Eagles, we got a couple comments. Sammy George, George said I have Falcons and Cowboys in my top 10 even though I don't think it'll end up that way. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too, Sammy. I like I have them in there now, but I don't think they're going to end up there at the end of the season. You know who I don't have? Who do you not have? The Texans. You wanna know why? Cuz you think Savage is not that good. Well, I don't think this I don't think the team is gonna be uh, a a ten and six playoff team. I think it's gonna be like a nine and seven playoff team. What do you think Mariota's gonna end up at? Eight and 8? eight? Eight eight, nine and seven as well. I think they're just gonna be a little bit better than the Houston or the Tennessee Titans. So I just like the Texans defense. Uh Pete Chase says I agree with you on the Texans. Ruben says thanks, Salt Live. Well I know Ruben. Ruben you you're a Texans fan so I know you really want them to win. I just think they're going to win and I just think Deshaun Watson's going to be good and I think he's I think they're going to be 4 and 4 and Deshaun Watson's going to come in I think he'll be ready to play and I think they go on a nice run and make the playoffs. My num, Sammy Michael says, "George, you look so fucking good, my man." Thank you. <laughs> Fresher than ever. Let's drink to that. All right, we're going to have a drink to that, guys. We're going to have some nice H2O. I don't know if you guys can see this beautiful H2O on the screen. You can't see inside the cup, but it's H2O. Ruben says Mariota will be hurt before week nine. You know, that's a huge possibility. I know Mariota gets hurt each and every year, even though the Texans have such a great offensive line, and he's a really, really good player. But I think that Marcus Mariota is um, a little brittle, the guy has brittle legs doesn't have a big butt sometimes you need a big butt to stay healthy you always need a big butt we all love big butts here at Sound live never a big butt will never let you down if there's anything you want to take from me take that big butts never let you down whether it's women or quarterbacks my number 7 team is the philadelphia eagles before Trent Johnson got hurt last year, they started the season five and one. After he got hurt, their season went a little bit down. Ruben says, "Whoa, are you talking about the big butts?" No, really, I I believe that on the quarterback. If you have a big like legs, I'm kind of joking about the butt part that they don't get hurt as much as look at look at uh, Andrew Luck. Look at these guys; they're just big. Andrew Luck get, got hurt with the spleen, but he never got hurt like in the bottom. Mary hurts his legs all the time. Russell Wilson never gets hurt. That's because he got big butts. But, yeah, so the Eagles were 5-1 and one before Trent Johnson got hurt. Um, the Eagles are going to be a lot better. That front seven might be the best front seven in all of football, even better than the Houston Texans front seven. They have a great offensive line, maybe the best offensive line in football. They have Carson Wentz in his second year, and I think he's ready to take a step up. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be your NFC champions. Uh, Ruben thinks, I can't believe LaShawn McCoy left. Big mistake. I think, yeah, but they still got guys, and you guys know this. You put LeGarrette Blunt behind a bruising off offensive line, the guy will score a bunch of touchdowns. They got Darren Sproles back there. He'll be able to run the ball and be a great change of pace back. The Philadelphia Eagles, guys, are going to be the NFC East champions, and they're my seventh best team in my hierarchy here in the NFL. Number six. Here's one. You guys won't be shocked if you follow this show too much. But I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be the sixth best team heading into the season. Uh, it's, we're not going to find out week one because of the Hurricane Irma. Uh, we'll be talking about that here towards the end of the show. So they're not going to be playing – uh, in week one P.J. Chase says I'm not high on the Eagles Man you got, you're got you going to watch them Eagles Fly Pete I'm telling you right now uh, The Buccaneers at number six I like Jameis Winston I like what they're doing uh, In general I love the weapons they have With their, uh, their wide receivers Deshaun Jackson um, Of course Mike Evans Who I think we're going to be at the end of his season Calling the best wide receiver in all of football Mike Evans O.J. Howard at tight end. I think this team is going to be fantastic. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think the offense is going to be, I mean, amazing, amazing offense. They just got T.J. Ward. This team is ready to just fly. Buccaneers, just be ready for them. Really, be ready for the Buccaneers. Um, Pete Chase says Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. That's a crazy tandem. It is. It really is. And it's and then they got they got their tight end in O. J. Howard. This team, man, I'm telling you, watch out for the Buccaneers and watch out for Jameis Winston. There's a a lot of money has been put on uh Jameis Winston to win MVP. He started this before the um before the season he was like 25 to one to win mvp now his odds are down to 12 to one i gave it to you when it was 25 to one i hope you guys bet it if you didn't just still bet it at 12 to one i'm not gonna say he's gonna win the mvp for sure but at 12 to one Jameis winston is a great choice for a long shot mvp candidate uh sammy george said eagles will be top 15 in my eyes not exactly top 10 yet that division is too good it is a very good division P. Chase says, Bucks have an elite receiving core, and yes, they do. They might have some of the best weapons in all of football. I think after the Patriots, now the Patriots might have even fallen down with Edelman being hurt. But after the Steelers, who would you rather have as an elite, uh, as a receiving core? Sammy says, O.J. Howard is going to be nice, and yes, O.J. will be nice. Hope, I'm excited to watch O.J. Howard and Jameis Winston. P. Chase says, Hard Knocks made me see Jameis Winston in a more positive light, but they still seem keen, kind of an unbalanced team. I think they might be a little unbalanced, but they are very similar to me to the Falcons last year and the Panthers the year before, a team that was getting better each and every year and ready to take the step up. Ruben says, yeah, OJ, nice. Sammy says they also have Adam Humphries. He a very good slot receiver, had 600 yards last year, little 5'11 white dude. Yeah, he was a good slot receiver so yeah they got weapons all around they got doug martin in the backfield love this team my number five team is the oakland raiders uh i know that's one of, was one of my questions no i don't think they'll be lame ducks i know a lot of people are saying this team can regress i don't find them to be a team even remotely close to regressing uh on periscope but the pats uh well no, the pats are gonna be very good this year you'll see where what i mean by that in a bit um David Carr is ready to come back, in my opinion. I believe that they're going to be nice, man. I mean, they got a good receiving core too. Amari Cooper is going to make a step up. Um, they're they have a good defense. Julio Mack. Just watch out for the Raiders. I think they win the AFC West, and I believe they will be in a collision course in the AFC Championship game. With the Patriots, as long as one team doesn't get in their way. And that's the number four team. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I don't like their coaching staff. I believe that Mike Mike Tomlin is a little bit loosey-goosey. But, man, this team got talent. I think with their weaponry, with Bryant, uh, Brown, and Bell, and Big Ben, this team can be really, really good. The defense always shows up. They got TJ Watt, JJ Watt's little brother. Looks like a beast coming into the season. I think this team is going to be something to reckon with, so watch out for the Steelers at number four. Uh, we got a couple comments here. Mahdi says, Hawks win the Super Bowl this year. I don't have them winning the Super Bowl, but I do have them going to the NFC Championship game. Ruben Esperanza says, what was David's car injury again? He broke his leg late in the season. Mehdi says, yes, Mike Evans is going to go off this year. I believe so. And P. Chase says, Mike Tomlin is an elite coach. Okay, so I think Mike Tomlin, I don't like their coaching staff, to be honest. Um, I I believe they. the problem with that is Mike Tomlin's a little loosey-goosey. He's good at motivating players, and he's good at being that, you know, in your mouth. Like, he's a players coach, but I don't think he does a great job of the X's and O's. And I feel like his organization, his players, and his, even his coaching staff gets in trouble a little too much for my liking. So, I find them to be a little bit like a herky-jerky team. Ruben says, what was up with that Joshua Dobbs pick? Bad pick. Should have went with Kaiser. And Kaiser's looking good, man. I don't know how he's going to be for the Browns once the regular season starts, but I think Kaiser is looking good. Sammy says, Tomlin got in a lead situation when he got the job. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Mike Tomlin fan as an X's and O's guy, but would I want to play for him as a player? Yeah, probably. Sammy says, I don't think it's loose. Carroll's loose and they are good yearly. And the Steelers are good yearly. It doesn't mean he's not loose. I just prefer a more buttoned-up team like the Patriots than a loose team. It's just a little, it's a different coaching style. Some people like it, and some people don't like it. I personally don't, i I'd rather have a tight-knit team, a t- like enclosed-lipped, than the Steelers. PJ Chase says, same with Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdoo, man. That guy, have you seen his Cheesecake Factory of a menu? His, men, his play sheet is like this big, and like two sides. It's like the Cheesecake Factory menu. I don't know how he decides what play to call. Number three team. The Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I know that we have offensive line issues. I keep saying we like I'm on the team. This is my favorite team. We have offensive line issues, but we have a good quarterback. We have Jimmy Graham, and we have Doug Baldwin on offense. And we're going to find a way to keep Russell Wilson healthy. But if you go look at our defense and go look at the pass rushers we have with Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, Sheldon Richardson, Frank Clark. This team is going to be fantastic defensively. Earl Thomas is back healthy. You still got good corners on the side. Bobby Wagner led the league in tackles last year. The defense is going to be nasty. It's going to be either the best or the second best defense in all of football. They're not going to give up too many points. P. Chase says it's over for the Seahawks. It's not over yet, my man. I really don't think so. I kind of... Thought that the team was it was, I was worried about it, but when I look at that defensive front, God man, they got guys all day, and they're gonna be rotating those guys. Teams are gonna have such a hard time scoring against the Seahawks. Clark had ten sacks last year. Michael Bennett, Sheldon Richardson, Cliff Avril. This team is loaded defensively. Maxi says Bobby will lead the NFL in tackles. Very possible. Very, very possible. Number two team, the Green Bay Packers. As long as you got Aaron Rodgers out there, this team is going to be a Super Bowl contender each and every season. Mike McCarthy is an underrated coach in my opinion. He's a very good game planner. And I believe that the Packers are going to be right up there, win the NFC North, and have a chance to compete for the Super Bowl. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best arm talents the league has ever seen. And the Packers defense just needs to step up a little bit, and Aaron Rodgers will be right there. I actually believe Aaron Rodgers could win the MVP this year. I'm not a Packers fan, as people know, but they are going to be really good. And I'm surprised that... The Packers and Seahawks aren't the Sunday Night Football game. This is gonna be one of the best football games of a whole season. That Seattle Seahawks defensive line is P Chase. I'll him in a second. The Seattle Seahawks offensive line, uh, defensive front versus the Green Bay Packers offensive line is gonna be a matchup to watch. P Chase, yeah, we do agree, disagree with coaches, This is all right. We're we're back here, man. We're we're armchair coaches. We we ain't uh. We're not really coaching. And my number one team comes with no surprise. The defending Super Bowl champion, <laughs> New England Patriots. They're just too damn good all the damn time. I know they lost Julian Edelman. They, they uh, replaced him with Dorsett. But, God, the Patriots are going to be good. They're going all in for it, as I said earlier in the show. And this team is ready to roll. So, once again, my top ten teams. I got the Panthers, 10, Cowboys, 9, Texans, 8, Eagles, 7, Buccaneers, 6, Raiders, 5, Steelers, 4, Seahawks, 3, Packers, 2, and the Patriots, number 1. Ruben Esperanza says Packers, all is better than expected, but hardly ever get rooted for it. That's true. Um... Chase, who is going to pick up Victor Cruz? I'm not sure who's going to pick up Victor Cruz, but there's a couple teams. I think the Seahawks should go after Victor Cruz after losing Jermaine Curse. We need a wide receiver. They need one, so I wouldn't uh, mind them going for that. Ruben Esperanza says Texans front seven wrecking Brady. Nah, they won't wreck Brady. That offensive line, Brady gets rid of the ball way too quick. The Texans gave them some real trouble in the playoffs. All right, so that's my top 10. Lastly, uh, I just want to give out the uh, impact on Hurricane Irma. Um, the Miami Dolphins-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game has been moved to week 11 uh, because of the natural disaster that's coming to Florida. It's pretty scary. Prayers out to everyone involved in Florida. Please stay safe out there. I used to live in t- in Miami, so I've been through a couple tropical storms, but this is a hurricane um, on a, a scale that we haven't seen, Category 5, the strongest hurricane we've seen in hi- history since we recorded hurricanes in in the Atlantic. So please be safe out there. Football is the last focus that it should be, and I'm glad the NFL actually moved the game to Week 11 rather than having the players leave their family to go play in a neutral site. This is much better. There's more important things in football, and the health of your friends and family and loved ones is the number one most important thing. So prayers out to the Miami area, the Florida area, and the Houston area who just went through this. Um, Tomorrow, we will be giving out my pick for the Thursday night game, and we'll be talking a little bit more about uh, that game in specific. Friday jam packed show, my top five NFL bets of the week and my top five college football bets of a week. Free money. I'm giving it our 60% so far. I know it's only been one week, but 60% makes you money. So stay tuned for that. And we're here coming up in about half an hour. We'll have Sammy's show speak up with Sammy Jarjour. Um, it's going to be fun. Join him. Hope you're liking our new schedule. It's fun. It's a lot different, but we enjoy it. And that being said, (laughs) that's the name of our morning show. We've been coming at you live and direct from the Sound Live studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for watching, whether it's on facebook.com slash Sound Live or twitter.com slash Sound Live. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, Stay safe out there, and I really hope Uh, All of you who are watching in Florida, all of you who are watching in Houston, please, please be safe. That is the most important thing. Nothing else matters. Football comes secondary. Stay safe.
0: Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast! These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in store 8:22 to 8:28 and online 8:22 to 8:24. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.